0: You're listening to E Commerce Marketing School with Ben Jabowi. All right. So, one of the things that I've always been really interested in is the launch process for a new e commerce brand. You've all been there, you're sitting around with an idea to solve a problem, you're all jazzed up thinking, wow, I can totally build this thing. And Sadly, most of us stop right there, but I have just a ton of respect as an entrepreneur myself for anyone who takes it to the next step and tries despite the doubts from friends and peers who look at you like you're crazy and all that jazz. But when it comes to launching, there's really a lot of different ways you could do it. You could put up a Shopify store, you could buy some ads, you could build an audience first through a a blog or a podcast and then launch products. There's tons. But one of the things I've always been really curious about is launching on Kickstarter. So I'm actually here live today with Christian from Murph Apparel. What's up, Christian?
1: Hey, Ben. How's it going?
0: Good. So, so we were just catching up. So fill us in. So you're a student at Duke right now, and you right. just launched Murph Apparel. Fill us in. What is it?
1: Yeah. So Murph Apparel is a direct-to-consumer apparel company that uses hats to raise awareness for some of the world's most important causes. So essentially each hat aligns with a specific cause and then a portion of the proceeds are donated to nonprofits associated with those causes. Our first collection focuses on the environment. So hats around ocean cleanup, forest conservation, and climate change.
0: Nice, and I saw, we were just on Zoom, I saw you're actually rocking a hat right now. Is that a Murph hat?
1: That is indeed. It's uh, the white hat supporting climate change. So it's white on the outside and the underside is cloud pattern.
0: Nice. Yeah, I saw that little under underside in the brim. That's That's a nice touch. Cool. So can you give us a feel like, you know, when did you launch and what sort of scale are you at from a revenue perspective today?
1: Yeah. So we officially incorporated the company in September of 2020. And then, Started our Kickstarter campaign at the beginning of November and ran that until Black Friday. And now we're here towards the end of December and are at around 6000 in revenue. Sold about 200 hats, both through Kickstarter and then afterwards, after our campaign ended, through Shopify as well.
0: Amazing. Congrats. That's kind of crazy. So, September was like less than three months ago now. So, 6,000 in three months. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It felt like a whirlwind getting the, the manufacturing set up and produced and running the Kickstarter campaign and setting up Shopify website. But, really exciting stuff and excited for what's to come next.
0: Nice. So let's rewind a bit, right? So were you just sitting around over the summer and and had the idea? Or when did you first get the idea?
1: Yeah, it's probably been a long time coming. I'm one of those people that has a list in the notes of their phone of all these different ideas and potential options. But it never happened where I came across the brilliant next Facebook or Uber or Google. And being in the middle of business school, decided I just needed to take the leap and come up with a solid idea that I could move forward on. And so being someone that's passionate about social and environmental causes, really wanted that idea to have a purpose. And so came up with the idea to launch a uh, hats that are tied to different causes and, and support and fundraise these different nonprofits and hats kind of the, on the product side Hat seemed like a low cost, fairly simple product that I could move forward with and have a little bit of a unique design towards. And so that was kind of the the genesis of Murph Apparel was just wanting to take the leap and move forward with my own product.
0: Nice. And so you had the idea and then like, what was the order of operation? Did you just like try to figure out a prototype these hats or did you first say, like, oh, I want to focus on launching and go to Kickstarter?
1: Yeah. So first, it was a lot of research. And I actually purchased probably 20 different competitors' hats to figure out what type of materials and um, style and makeup and look and design I wanted. And after a lot of that and researching different manufacturing partners, started to do some samples and prototypes. And so went with a manufacturing partner to out of china to help make some prototypes and then decided that based on the kind of minimum order quantity that i needed and the cash that would be needed up front to get the inventory it was best to launch a kickstarter campaign so it wasn't just all of my capital on the line but could actually get kind of some support from the crowd
0: okay so before we get into kickstarter like i think something you said there maybe you made it sound a little bit easier than it might be. Like, how did you actually find the manufacturers? Like, where did you go to search for this? You know, were you just like looking online?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So starting online in multiple places. So looking at competitors, so Nikes or Adidas and trying to figure out what factories they used and these big name brands use kind of multiple factories all over the world most of the information is hard to come by, but you can kind of scrape it on the edges. And then there are also sites that kind of aggregate different manufacturers or partners that help locate factories. And and so it was a definitely, it probably took three weeks to search and sift through all that process of, especially, I think, making sure that they upheld some of the values that I want Murph Apparel to be. So using sustainable materials, having factories that are environmentally friendly and paying a fair wage and protecting human rights. And so that process was definitely a challenge, but it was over the summer. And so I had nothing else to do and poured all my effort into locating some some strong partners.
0: Awesome. So it sounds like you found one and maybe that was when you had the confidence to say, okay, rather than put all my own capital in, I want to go through through a Kickstarter here, see if I can get this thing funded. Exactly. And was that always the only way you were intending to get the brand off the ground?
1: It wasn't. So I originally thought, just self-fund and start with one design, one hat, and could scale from there. Recognizing that Using the kind of turnaround time for creating certain products can be a few months from designing and manufacturing and shipping. I recognize that the capital needed to make the bulk quantities was higher than I want to risk on my own. And so that's kind of what drew me towards the crowdfunding platform.
0: Awesome. And I guess, like, also the at least the potential for other people that are in the Kickstarter network to get access to. It's kind of like you might get some additional distribution there outside your own personal networks too.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's what drew me a lot towards Kickstarter as an established brand. Cool.
0: And one of the things I'm always curious about when I talk to entrepreneurs is, you know, about like goal setting, right? So like, you know, it sounds like the the goal of the Kickstarter was 5K or so. Did you just
1: pull that out of your butt? (laughs) That's a good question. So... It seemed like something that I could front originally and then Kickstarter would essentially reimburse me for. And so that was a little bit of the cash flow budget analysis, uh, rough back of the envelope math that I did. And then that covered around 300 hats or so. And so it seemed like a solid enough inventory to last me a a startup. And if demand greatly exceeded that, then I could react from there. And if demand was significantly less and and no one really wanted these hats, it wouldn't be the end of the world and going under. So that's how kind of the goal setting worked.
0: Plus you need to kind of like balance. You don't want it to be too high a goal because if you miss it, you don't get the money, right?
1: Exactly. So Kickstarter specifically has a kind of policy or setup where if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any of the funding and all the backers get their money back or it doesn't actually charge their credit card. Other platforms have more flexible options, but that's kind of one of the things I considered when setting the funding goal was making sure that I reached my target.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, like I think in some respects, it takes a lot of the risk out of the, the startup phase, right? Especially for an e-commerce brand trying to build and, and sell something direct to customers. But in others, like I'm thinking, and not that this is a bad thing, right? But like, is it just like your roommates and your mom and your dad buying hats? Or like, were you like really trying to get like randoms to come in as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, one of the things I was using Kickstarter to test out was, is there demand beyond people in my immediate community and circle I'd be willing to support this initiative and this project. And it definitely started with my close-knit friends and family, and then eventually grew from there. So mostly word of mouth, but also even testing out some Facebook ads and Instagram ads Hmm. just for the Kickstarter campaign um, to draw it in. So making small investments, $10, $20 here and there to broaden the view. That's awesome. And they
0: actually let you do that? Like, Do they have tools to make that easy or you're just pasting the link into your own like Facebook ads account?
1: They do have tools within Kickstarter to kind of facilitate promotion of the campaign. And Hmm. I also use Google Analytics and hooked it up to the Kickstarter to see who was actually reaching the the landing page and investigating the site and then go from there and target specific people. So like millennials and people more interested in environmental causes and Nonprofits, things like that.
0: That's great, awesome, good to hear. So yeah, it is actually possible to test beyond like the personal network, which you got to start somewhere. Like that's that's important. If you can't, you know, get your closest people to support you, you know, it'll be hard to get people that don't know you. But just kind of like thinking about graduating off of Kickstarter. So you hit the goal. You. It sounds like you've launched a Shopify store now. You've actually done, you know, sales since Kickstarter, which is awesome. Like one of the things that obviously we preach about here at Privy and me on the show is just about like the power of owning your list, right? And so, you know, list building and communicating and all that stuff. So one of the things I'm curious about launching on Kickstarter is that 5,000 bucks or so, Like, do they let you export those email addresses and then start using them for your own Shopify store?
1: Yeah. So you get after funding through Kickstarter, you get a report of all of your backers and all of their information, and it includes their email addresses. And I've scoured Kickstarter's terms and conditions and uh, privacy policies and can't find anywhere where it says um, campaign owners aren't allowed to use those Kickstarter email addresses. It's a great way to kind of populate a list for myself to start my campaign. I think that right now is the next step in my kind of journey. So now that I have my Shopify page up and running is to launch that marketing campaign using the Kickstarter emails as a kind of base to start my email list and then growing from there.
0: Nice. And I was obviously poking around the Kickstarter page that the campaign, so to speak, is now done. It's finished and you've moved to Shopify. But I was noticing like you know, I actually thought you did a really good job with the story and the why on your Kickstarter. And I actually think like Kickstarter might be a really good forcing function because a lot of the entrepreneurs I talk to and we work with, like they just launched their Shopify store. They put very little effort or time into documenting the story and the why. And I firmly believe that that's like the anchor of everything you do when it comes to e-commerce marketing. So... Now that Kickstarter is done, are you taking a similar approach and translating a lot of that story into your ongoing marketing for your Shopify stuff?
1: Yeah, I think you hit it kind of on the head. The story is what really has resonated with people who have supported on Kickstarter and as well as the people who have purchased on Shopify, the kind of authentic young entrepreneur story of we're putting together this scrappy Kickstarter to help raise money for this passion project that we really want to do to support great causes it has resonated both from the start in Kickstarter and then translating towards Shopify. And I think embracing that has been successful. And, and as you mentioned, brands that I hear that do that and, are, and that are authentic, I really connect with and I've been taking cues from them and trying to integrate that into Murph Apparel story as well. Awesome. All right, so you're here, you're
0: three months in. Obviously, you've got a lot of work ahead of you to get this Murph apparel to the next level. But like for people that are, are considering or have thought about launching something, would you do it again? Like, would you do Kickstarter or would you try doing it directly?
1: Yeah, I think Kickstarter was a great platform for my specific situation where um wanting to do low risk, kind of test out demand, see if people actually wanted this product. And it's not a very high capital raise, so 5000 as opposed to companies that have much higher capital needs. And so I think depending on your situation, it provides a great community and platform to get you the launch that you need. But other options are definitely out there. And depending on what kind of business I was looking at, I might try to do it directly from friends and families, raising an equity round or looking at grants or a lot of this stimulus support that's out there right now, options right there as well for young entrepreneurs to invest and start their own businesses.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think whenever I I have a friend or someone comes to me and they say they have an idea, you know, the first thing I encourage them to do is like put up a site and and try to drive people there and even if you don't have the product, even if you're not ready to like actually close a deal, like try to pretend you have the product. Right. And try to convince someone to get over the line, even if it's just like filling out a form that they're interested in the pre-sale. Right. So I think as I'm hearing your story around Kickstarter, it's kind of like what they do is they actually just give you all of that capability, like out of the box so that you don't have to do anything yourself other than tell the story and try to get customers there for the launch, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think it's worked incredibly successfully and I support Kickstarter as as a way to help people get their ideas launched and try out new things. Take that first leap.
0: Awesome. Well, this was really educational for me just because I I haven't connected with anyone that's that's launched on Kickstarter, you know, and and it seems like a really good kind of foundation to launch something new or maybe even try like a, a line extension of like a new product that you're thinking about launching but you know don't want to cough up the money to invest unless you can get the demand so i like it awesome well christian this was great really appreciate you taking the time to come on and wish you luck with everything from murph thanks so much ben
1: love the podcast and keep it up